What's going on, Clipper Nation? Ooh, feels it's, good. It's uh, Tuesday, Twitter Tuesday, here with me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am positive Chuck Mockler. And we're coming at you live on Twitter. That's at Locked on Clips. We do it every Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say a specific time, but we'll let you know on <laughs> Usually Twitter. Usually between 1 and one thirty. We'll let you know on Twitter, so just look <laughs> out for it, and you'll know. Yeah. Uh, but we got a heck of a show lined up for you today. We're going to kick things off with uh, another one of these season recaps. We're going to be doing a, a different player every episode uh, today. The heart and soul of the team, Patrick Beverly, uh, the true unstatable hero, the the only unstatable human being. Uh, So we're going to (laughs) be running down that, and then also we got a bunch of great questions sent in from the users. That if you ever want to send in a question and you're unable to watch the live stream, go ahead and just send those over to at Locked On Clips, at Will Updike, at Charles Mockler. Uh, We'd love to chop it up with you. You know. So without further ado, like let's get into this thing. Before but, we, but before we talk about Patrick Beverly, a little ado <laughs> first. Got to give a quick shout out to Tom's Urban over at LA Live. Uh, I'm sure people are there watching the draft lottery right now. I hope. Wait, guess, is that started? I don't know. They're probably getting drunk. Uh, I hope the Wizards get the first pick. I think that would send everyone <laughs> into fits of rage. Wow. Go watch the Wizards get the first pick at uh, Tom's Urban LA Live right across from the Staples <laughs> Center. Let's get into this Patrick Beverly season recap. So, first of all, Everyone, I'm assuming, on the stream and listening has to love Patrick Beverly. Oh, yeah. If you're a Clippers yeah, right. fan and you don't like Patrick Beverly, we'd like to interview you just Definitely. to see what Definitely. your problem is. There was um, so I guess, so I guess like let's just start with what our expectations were at the start of the season. Yeah. Well, he missed, I mean, the whole season basically. Yeah. The year before. Um, I didn't really know how much of an impact he was going to make leadership and vocal-wise until – there was that preseason event, the playbook. Yeah. Because and I didn't He was the lone player there. The only dude. Yeah. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, he's slotted for some pretty big responsibility in terms of leadership and just bringing young guys along. Definitely. What did yeah. you think when he signed? Or um, after the injury? After the injury, you know, really hard. Uh, it, it's really hard to judge. Um, obviously, it was going to be a hard player but i also had no idea just how vocal he would be and just honestly he's just a different kind of defender i think in a lot of ways for sure um he's not like a highlight reel defender always um it's just constant grit yeah which i think can kind of get lost um it's one of those things like we as we go deeper into this bit you're gonna see we we didn't even like dig wholly deep into the stats for this one because it's He's unstable. It is a little un- immeasurable, <laughs> and I know that we hate the word unstable uh, due to a certain player who must not be named. Uh, Don't say it. But Don't it, even type it. It does kind of apply in this situation, and, and in the best way. I think that Patrick Beverly's uh, ability to just rally the team into a win um, yeah. or get stops or, or really, you know, he's just like a Swiss Army knife kind of a dude. Um, and I think that that like this season just really cemented his value uh, for this team. It cemented his value in that sense, and also I think other teams see his leadership. Other Definitely. teams are like, oh, Definitely. kind of a holy shit moment of like, I don't know, he had this in him too. Yeah, everyone knew he was the hustle guy, but no one, I don't think, knew how well of a leader he could or good of a leader he could be for sure for such a young team. What's up, John Cooperman? So we'll so, get into some season stats uh, for you stat heads out there. These are not impressive, except for his three-point percentage, I would say. If you're strictly a stats person, he averaged 8-5-4 in 27 minutes per game with splits of 40% from the field, 40% from three, 
and 78% from the free throw line. His defensive rating was 108. Shea's only 110. And his offensive rating was 112. Very obvious the stats don't tell the whole story here. No, I mean, <laughs> and like plus four net rating is it, like that's it's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, in the West, it's it, all right. On 27 minutes a game, that's great. Um, so it's, I mean, yeah, obvious. I mean, stats aren't even like you can't even scratch the surface of Beverly. Yeah. With these stats, the 40% from three, I was very pleasantly surprised by this year. Yes. Uh, well, I always knew that he was a decent three-point shooter, albeit not always on the highest amount of attempts per game. Yeah. Um, he had his up and downs, but I would say by the end of the I think so much of that was coming back from an injury. Um, Huge. Everything's I, off. Yeah. I think we tend to forget like it does just take a while to get your confidence and get your legs back under you. Yeah. And like you said, limited attempts, you got to hit the attempts you get. Yeah. You know, he's not sham it. We're just going to keep feeding him. Your three threes, two of those have to at least fall. Yeah, for um, sure. Would you say he was – I had this thought. Is he the most consistent clipper this year, performance-wise? Mm, depends. Uh, defensively, for sure. Yeah. Offensively, I mean, I would say he actually got pretty darn consistent there by yeah. the end of the season. Uh, throughout the season, uh, Little I guess I down. had some questions, but, I, I mean, he's definitely up there most consistent performer, for sure. For yeah. like a 3 and D, he was almost a borderline legit 3 and D guy. Yeah, You're shooting definitely. 40% and you're, Pat Burley, you're a 3 and D guy. Yeah, um, yeah defensively, <laughs> absolutely was. Offensively, he would have those times where, I mean, we saw it in the playoffs, he'd just throw up like 14 rebounds. Yeah, or, yeah, and the rebounding was something that came along yeah, uh, and, and came up so big, uh, especially after the Tobias Harris trade. There was a really, to me, there was a really big question how we were going to fill that whole rebounding. Yeah. Um, Which even at the time, we were still somehow a top 10 team in rebounding. But it was like, there were so many performances we'd watch where it was just, it didn't make any sense how we were top 10. Yeah. Even with Marcin Gortat and the giant Boban. Um, someone on the stream is saying, FYI, Kawhi is not coming to the Clippers. You can take that to the bank. I'm sure they have inside information. One of the other big things that... Bev did, which I didn't expect, was he was instrumental, him and Lou, in developing Shea. Yeah, which definitely. Which might be his most important contribution. For sure. Um, yeah, he was always quick, and not to criticize, but I, I think that he was like quick to, to help. To, I don't know, to help give, yeah. to help give uh, some sort of feedback to Shea, which I, I think was monumental in growing him. And then that dynamic that Lou <laughs> that Lou and Beverly have. They're good cop, bad cop. It's so <laughs> funny. that uh, What's up, Chenny John? He's that, in the stream. That final uh, interview they had at the end of the... Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the Golden State series was so good. It was like yes. just embodied their personalities. And they combined to be what I think, I don't know if I could rank this. Maybe I'll get into it. It's the offseason. We have some time. They might be the best veteran duo ever on a team. Yeah, I would say in terms of development, there. in yeah. terms of leadership in the locker room, obviously in terms of performance uh, with Lou Will, and then you have Patrick Bailey on the other side of the ball. They might be the perfect tandem of veterans you could ever want it's on a team. It's such an interesting pairing to me. And it works. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, like a just the hot head kind of. And then like the, He's kind of a crotchety dude. He's absolutely crotchety. He said at one point this year he was going to go drink a cold beer after they won a game. <laughs> that was what he wanted to do. He's like an old man who fishes. And then Lou Willow was like the coolest guy ever. Yes. They, I mean, again, if you think if there's any other better veteran duo out there, please let me know because this might be straight up the best. I mean, the two best veterans, the best year you could have these two guys. Um, 
what I think this is not on the thing, but I think my favorite Beverly moment of this year was we were actually in the locker room when he the day before they played the Lakers. Oh yeah, and he was saying that he was going to lock down LeBron. Yeah, he was like, "I'm not kidding." He's like, "I don't want any help." Everybody in the <laughs> like all the media in the room and everybody was like kind of laughing, like because uh, Patrick Beverly talks a lot. Of, yeah, and he I had mean, kind of a jokey cadence to it, and he was yeah. amped up. But he was dead serious. And then <laughs> and then he was like, "No, I'm serious. I'm really, really serious." And everyone was, and like, I was like, "Oh," and he goes, "I don't want any help either. So get away from me." <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's hard to describe in words what he actually meant for the team. I I think we just get into our best Beverly games of mm-hmm. the year because the only way that he really did his talking was on the court. Me personally, my best Beverly game, maybe the favorite one I had, March eighth, twenty nineteen, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh yeah. He had a stat line of, he played 27 minutes right there on his average. He put up zero points, seven boards, six assists, plus 22 overall in 27 minutes. Really, really solid. The epitome of what he does. One of the games, I think the epitome of it, he effect, I mean, even Doc said it. He was like, this is my favorite line of the night. Yeah. He didn't know how it happened. We beat OKC. It's, that I was mean, a great win. He I was, was there. He was. You got to see YG horribly perform. Um <laughs> He was just everywhere. Second place was the game where he frustrated LeBron into oblivion. That it was the salty Paul George game. Yeah. So good call. Po- this was. Uh, I don't know if this was post shoulder injury. I can. I don't remember the timeline for shout for, out Matt for George's injury. But yeah, this was like the game where Paul George said that like a bunch of the, it was like the refs. He got a bunch of calls yeah. or whatever. I don't know. I I happened to <laughs> go by call. the. I happened to go by the visitors' locker room where, where they were giving interviews, and I heard him say that. Like I heard him say it to a crowd of reporters, and like my jaw dropped, and I. <laughs> I had to remember that, like, I... <laughs> you're a member of the... <laughs> that there's, like, things that I can't say because, like, I'm a fan. Uh, and you you should conduct yourself in a certain way when you're dealing with that. Uh when you're dealing with the media. Yeah. Uh, what was your what was your Beverly game? Uh, my Beverly game, uh, there's so many uh, great moments, but to me, hands down, uh, the shining light of, of Beverly's season was playoffs game two uh, yeah. at Oracle, uh, April 15th. His stat line was he had 10, 2, and 5. Uh, he was only plus one. He fouled out. But, like, his impact was unreal. Uh, he held Kevin Durant. Dur- Kevin Durant only took three shot attempts through, like, 39 possessions with um, with, with Patrick Beverly just all over him. Uh, you know, he deferred a lot more with the ball. Um and yeah, I I don't know. Durant only had a peasant's like twenty one points. Worst game of the playoffs, I would probably other than he's, when he got hurt. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I don't know. That that one to me was the biggest one, and it, it was just it was just a continuation of what Pat did all season long. Like all season long, he was willing to take on the hardest defensive assignment that he could pot like that he could realistically do. I mean, even I mean, unrealistically, it's even unrealistic, unrealistic that he yeah. guarded LeBron so well. It's for like sure. unbelievable that happened for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that would have to be the one for me where like he, I mean, he did end up fouling out, but, uh, good foul out. Gentleman's was, foul out. It was a gentleman's foul about, and it's still like, <laughs> the thing I love is like, he's not dirty at all. He's like, these he, are game. These are hard. Above, these are real fouls. Yeah. Everything is above book. Um, so. Yeah, John Cooperman had a good insight in the stream. He said, you know, fans were hard on Beverly in the beginning, and then we turned around. And it's true. We were hard on him a little bit. We just weren't sure what was going to happen. Most of that, I think, was because 
Beverly and Bradley were starting at the same time, yeah. which put a cloud of disenfranchisement over all of our heads in terms of whoever was next to Bradley. Yeah. But we were pretty hard on Beverly sometimes. It just does take a while to come back from an injury. I'm glad he proved us wrong for the most part. For sure. So now, I mean, obviously, I mean, what do you give his season grade? Um, I mean, I want to go with A. Are we just going to give everybody A's? I, yeah, I think that's fair. I'm going to give him an A+. Plus. I gotta get, well, everyone overperformed. I'm giving him an A. I'm giving him an A. Uh, now we get into kind of what the future holds for uh, Patrick Beverly. We have no idea. Yeah. No one really knows. He was on the jump. He said he's going to enjoy being a free agent, saying, I've never been a free agent before, so I'm going to really enjoy this process. If it goes well with the Clippers, but if it don't, I wish them the best success. Sucks to hear, but there's no maliciousness. I don't think that sucks to hear at all. I don't think that sucks to hear at all. Uh, I've worried about this. The I've, I've been worried about this for a while, uh, about since playoffs time, I guess. If we're only looking at big game hunting, we can't expect guys to wait around. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, we can match offers. Um, <laughs> People are just tweeting the F word on the live stream right now. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it sets a good precedent to like leave guys who got you there kind of hey. sitting around. Yeah, yeah. I think someone brought it up on the live stream I think I did last week or something about how they're like, if we do sign the big guys first, I just really hope we bring Bevan to the loop. Yeah. At least have the information there. Yeah. Um, he deserves whatever contract he gets next. I think someone might overpay for him. Yeah. It just depends. He deserves it. He wants to be back, I feel like. He loves Lou. Yeah. It just depends. I mean, it's just it's gonna depend on a lot of factors. It's gonna depend on what's out there. I would be really surprised if we let him walk. Uh yeah. I think we'll match any offer. Uh Definitely. so I would I mean, I would bet that he's on the Clippers um next year, but you know, I don't really like gambling. It makes me uncomfortable. Let's <laughs> hope he is. Uh someone's saying we will, they'll keep him in the loop. Thank you, John Cooperman. Coming up after this, we're gonna be getting into some pretty Deep questions. Oh, yeah. Clipper Nation was on today. But first, one more quick shout-out to Tom's Urban. Tom, Tommy's. Tommy's. Uh, I saw Will eat an entire buffalo chicken pizza there. It was great. Uh, we met some friendly Utah Jazz fans once at our Clippers meetup. We're going to be doing another Clippers meetup at some point next season. Maybe we can all go watch the second round of the draft there to see what we pick. Uh, it is right across the street from the Staples Center. One more time, that is Tom's Urban at LA Live. All right. Got some great questions coming in. Let's get these questions. We got a bunch of them. Feel free to send them to us during the stream as well. This first one from D Davenport 04. Seeing how all the series have played out in the West, do you think of the Clippers had any seed besides the eighth seed? We could have made the conference finals. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think think this was that year for us because we either so if we're not the eighth let's say we're the seventh <laughs> so we're playing the nuggets yeah which is a tough go in seven games yeah and then after that it is the like nuggets blazers i don't know nuggets maybe i they played so well though in the beginning of the playoffs i would have thought absolutely yeah now that we know what we know now i'm not totally sure i didn't yeah. think that the i thought the blazers were gonna be pushovers yeah. After Nurkic went down. I think a lot of people thought that. We were wrong. Maybe first round Blazers, we could have maybe taken it to them, but I don't think we make the conference finals. I think we could for sure maybe make the second round. Yeah. And we took the dubs to six. So I would say we do make the second round. I don't think we make the conference finals, though. Yeah. We'd maybe still have to play the Rockets in some situation. Like, Let's not be like Lakers fans all the way. Yeah. Thank you very I, much. I yeah. Think... I, 
I don't think we're going to make the... The, we, the conference finals? That was never the point of this year. Uh, you know, making the playoffs was even, a, you know, like it w- was not expected. No. Um, we won 40 again. I mean, yeah. So, I, you know, I... I don't think we make the conference finals. I don't think we make the conference finals. <laughs> you uh, could maybe argue it to me, and I would listen to it, but I still don't necessarily believe it. The stats aren't even there. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, before the playoffs, absolutely now, totally not. I would say I've flip-flopped. Um... How much does not getting Kawhi shift the course of our free agency? This um, is a really good one that people might have to prepare themselves for. In this likely scenario, <laughs> um, I just think that they've planned for this. You know, like Kawhi yeah. is is always like, you know, like that's best case scenario. Um, I think they got it planned out to plan G. Yeah, yeah, I think that they they definitely have it have it all the way planned out. As to what that looks like, um, I mean. I think you're looking at allocating money a little bit differently. Instead of one big top-tier guy, you're looking at like more people in probably the 10, 15 kind of range. I was going to say, you're kind of boosting up those, not bench guys, but kind of, you. maybe we go for like a, a bunch of 1Bs yeah. type thing where you can go off, you can go off, you can go off situation. We're looking at guys, essentially in a, in a situation where we don't get somebody like Kawhi, we're looking at getting guys that are probably, let's say, the third best option on a good team. Yeah. And we're willing to wait a season or two until our guys, our young guys, are really fully there. Yeah. Matt Chong just said on the stream, probably just in run-it-back mode. Oh, yeah. And his Somebody opinion, said sign I, Seth Curry. Look, also an First option. of all, you know who we're rooting for <laughs> in these Western Conference Finals. Um, yeah, I think it's just a run-it-back situation. If they can't get... <laughs> Middleton or a Vooch, and these are guys who are below KD and Kawhi type situation. Yeah, or like even someone just said on the stream, Jay Crowder. It's just a run it back situation. Yeah, and you develop again, and I think there's going to be some expectation adjustments. I think there should be right now for some of Clipper Nation, but that's just part of it. And our front office is good enough that I'm sure there's trade ideas or something for sure. We also so much shit might go down with this trade lottery. Yeah, or with this, with the draft lottery. Excuse me, the Knicks might like it's insane. There's so many things that still happen. Yeah, that they gotta have a bunch of plans. Yeah, I I just think that we're gonna see a a kind of a lot of motion. Um, yeah, not just from the Clippers. I just think that a lot is gonna shake out and a lot of dominoes are gonna fall in the next two months. And it's gonna be fantastic. This goes kind of into hard. Uh, the next question from Hard Boiled Bees: Who do you think our Plan B C is? No Kawhi or KD. We kind of just mentioned that. But we'll player, player specifically, I think Lopez is actually a guy we could target. Yeah, I think Brooke Lopez is a strong target. Uh, Vooch, I don't know about. I was like really Man. high on the idea. Yeah. I like keep flip flopping back and forth just because he can be uh, he can be shut down by really good, by centers pretty easily, um, as happened in the playoffs this year. My buddy, who is not a Magic fan, he just reads about them for some reason. He was saying that. He floated an interesting idea, which I asked Will about, actually, which was if the Orlando Magic max Vooch uh-huh. or keep him, they might look to trade Mo Bamba. Yeah. Any interest in that at all? Not for me. I don't really see it. It seems like another guy we'd have to develop. Yeah. I like his game if we didn't have so many other young guys to develop. Someone just asked about Shea's cousin, another guard. I'm pretty sure he's a guard. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But another development guy. Yeah. I, I mean, so... If we're looking at no Kawhi or KD, basically we're looking at um, 
we're looking at small forwards who are probably one to two tiers below this. Someone just said uh, I'd rather bowl bowl on the stream. Couldn't agree with you more, Mark Cronin. <laughs> but we're looking at yeah, we're looking at small forwards like one or two tiers below this. I've floated out Boyan Bogdanovich. I like uh, that pick a bunch. Possibly trading for like a Jay Crowder uh, who could play the three. He's maybe naturally closer to a four, but mm-hmm. next to Gallo, he's a three. Um, man in the league, and course. then and then a center. So I th- I think the the route we go if we're not getting three, one, four, five. If we're not getting one big superstar is a, is three and five are the holes that we need probably to fill yeah. the best. Hmm. I like that. I'm not going to be. T- I mean, if we miss out on Clark today, it's going to suck. But I'm also really excited to see what peripheral guys these guys can Crowder, put together. Yeah, Crowder is like a three four. Uh, I th- I think I think he plays more three uh, in Utah just because they're so huge. Uh, but he has he did play the four a little when he was in Boston. Another here's a question from Rob Walshy. Uh, regardless of how much money is spent on him, this is a great question. Is there a free agent who you could think who you think could actually make this team worse? That's an interesting one. That's a great question. So, I I think just as a I think just as an overall blanket thing that could make this team worse, just going after a name. So like if yeah. we if we don't get Kawhi, someone or, just said Kyrie or somebody who's a good fit, yeah, like the uh, your Kemba Walkers, your Kyrie Irvings, they're nice players. They make this team worse. Someone saying if Kemba Walker would take Gallinari money rather than Max money, would you want them? No. My issue with any point guards is we have a point guard. We have theoretically the point guard of our future. So there shouldn't be anyone in front of Shea. Yeah, I agree. It's just kind um, of a hard like. Shea is just most valuable with the ball in his hands, and we already have a bench. <laughs> like, yeah, we the, everything's uh, in place in the backcourt. For yeah, the backcourt we don't really need any position. So that, and then somebody said Jimmy Butler. Um, that one's kind of interesting because I don't think that that makes us worse immediately, like in the immediate future. Mm-hmm. But when you look at y- year five of that deal, um, that sucks. That's really bad. <laughs> it sucks. So I, I don't know about that. Shea, Shamit, Butler, Gallo, and Trez. I mean... Can't start Trez. Can't start Trez at center. I don't think we can start Trez. It, and that's just too much money to me. Um, for for but- Butler. We, we need yeah. to give someone who's going to have maybe another max contract in the future or another big contract, not their last contract. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this one is from Chenny John. Shout out Chenny John. I think he just got on the screen. Another great question. Which one of the current Clipper free agents are likely to get overpaid by another team? Likely to be in the bidding war with the Clippers. Well, unfortunately, uh, it's two it's favorites. It's two, two of the guys we all want to keep, I think. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Beverly and Jamichael Green, I would say, are the most likely They're candidates. They're the top two, um, which sucks. So, and I think we will get into a bidding war. I don't think we let them walk. Unless it's, for, unless it's some amount of money that I think everyone would agree is too much. Well, what's they would their deal? Are these, no. guys, are these guys both unrestricted? Yeah. Okay. So it's like... I mean, there could be a bidding war. They got such a good thing going on over here, though. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to depend. Um, I, it seem just the gel of this team seems so good. I don't, I don't know. Everybody just talks about on the team how much they like coming to work every day. Which I'm, it's such so. a common thread that I'm like, then why leave? <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I think I don't know. Who else other than those two? Maybe Zubots. But I don't know how much we'd go to war to keep him. I just don't know what he's shown that would produce a bidding war. Yeah, like a 
like more than like a six million dollar a year contract. Yeah, like it's like I'm not really. I mean, well, someone's desperate maybe, for a five who can't shoot. Maybe people are seeing something that I'm not seeing, but uh, who knows? I, I don't know that the for centers in general that the demand is kind of out there, which is great for us this summer if we can't <laughs> yeah, land a sure. massive free agent. So. Um, we can grab we can grab another starting center. Coming up after this, we got a couple more questions and then a brief Kawhi watch update. So we got one more question. Uh, Somebody said Bomber's crazy asking to pay Pat Bev twenty <laughs> mil next season. You Dude, know what? for two years, screw it. If we don't get a big free agent, spend it on Bev. If he's fine, <laughs> if 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 Bomber's fine playing paying the luxury tax, then what does the cap even matter? Yeah, the cap doesn't mean anything. Um. Oh, this was a follow-up question from Rob Walshie. We can kind of get into some more fun stuff. Do you guys have an opinion on Colin Cowherd saying that the Clippers are too little brothery to become a dynasty? I say I no, because what if we just win three championships in ten years? Then we're a dynasty. I think these things are hard to play out, and it's so much planning and a little bit of luck. Um, yeah. Draft Steph Curry when he falls to you. Yeah. Draft, like those. That's a fantastic. They, that's fantastic. Th- this stuff is like really hard to. To, to pick out um, and calling like dynasty it's like dude you're, you're putting so many carts before so many horses oh yeah for sure <laughs> like, for sure everyone is gassing us up right now and it's just it's not good I don't think yeah we can't even we shouldn't even be talking about dynasty possibility no team should be talking about it except the Warriors yeah because they're the only team that even is, has one um, I do think the little brother thing, I think that's a very easy swipe that a bunch of pundits who don't really watch the Clippers are going to make. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of tired, um, personally. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just we're just not. <laughs> it's just annoying. Um, from Yeti Moose, Mark Cronin, I believe he, oh, there he just joined. If the Clippers could have a f- top four through ten pick in this draft or Shamit, which would you choose for them to have, Shamit or that pick? Great question. Shamit. Uh, oh, or this draft? Yeah. Um, man, I'm leaning towards Shamit. I think I'd Shamit. rather have Shamit. Uh, he, we just know how reliable he is. He slots into the offense so well. He His looks like he's been in the league for three years. defense has taken a leap. Yep. Uh, and I just can't, like, I don't know. I'm getting excited already thinking about what these guys are going to look like coming back <laughs> next summer. I know, dude. It's going to be great. Yeah, I would also take Shamit, too. I guess unless we had the first pick. But that, I mean, that's just not what that's just not how it goes. In this draft, I think you have to take those first two guys. I wouldn't want the first or second pick in this draft because we yeah. don't need either player. For sure. I'd want whatever pick gets us bull bull. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's I fair. I mean, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, no, because like Zion makes no sense on this team. Yeah, we play we're gonna play him, Trez, Gallo. <laughs> like it doesn't make any damn sense. And then we already have point guard. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Who need can it. shoot? We want Shamit. And Shamit is a, kind of a diet point guard, I would say. Um, all right, so we got one more question. Then we're going to get into a Kawhi watch. This is from Yilin Yang. There are many rumors about Lakers and Kawhi recently. Do you think it's really possible that Kawhi will join such a hopeless team? <laughs> <laughs> That's a friendly burn, by the way. I love that burn. Are we getting more national media coverage next season? Depends on who we get in free agency. Honestly, maybe not. All right. Uh, will he join such a hopeless team? I never gave any credence so. to Kawhi to the Lakers. Yeah. Once I got LeBron, it just seemed like no. <laughs> he doesn't want that circus. The Lakers are a circus. Yeah. He doesn't want that. Someone yeah. saying Lakers fans are delusional. I don't know about that. There's some nice ones out there. Listen to the Big Dog Lakers pod. Um, but I don't think he joins the Lakers. No. I think we still have a better shot, but 
I have no other information other than that. Yeah. Other than gut feeling. For sure. All right, should we do a quick Kawhi Watch? It's Kawhi Watch. Kawhi Watch 2019. So, for those of you that missed it, Kawhi, what's his middle name? Leonard, <laughs> hit a game-winning shot to put the Raptors into the Eastern Conference Finals. Did he catch that? Did you catch that? It was fantastic. Here's a little Easter egg you might not have catched. After he hit the shot, Kawhi let out a primal scream of defiance. It was the, he said his biggest show of emotion since that uh, the finals in what was that 2014? After vaulting the beloved Toronto Raptors into the Eastern Conference Finals, you might notice if you saw that clip, he might have had some Gatorade beforehand. Blue tongue. Guy's whole tongue was blue. He was photo. He was around a bunch of red. There's white piping on their jerseys. Who has those colors? Yeah. Interesting side note, there is no blue in any of the Raptors colors, why in would, any of their alternate uniforms. Why would they why would they drink blue Gatorade if it didn't mean one thing? Another little follow-up on that. In the post-game interview, he said that he was upset with himself for missing a free throw because he didn't want to have to return home after the game. The game seven was in Toronto. He doesn't think of Toronto as home. Guys, we got string, we got thumbtacks, we we're connecting the dots. Kawhi Leonard is coming to the Los Angeles Clippers. That's all there is to it, guys. If you've listened this far, please know that that is a joke. Please, everyone, this is just kind of your reminder. Chill on Kawhi expectations. You can be excited, but don't read too far into it. But did you, someone's asking, did you guys go to the Lakers protest? Nah. I will give you the same answer I gave the other person asked. We have jobs. <laughs> <laughs> we could not do that. Um, thank you guys for watching on the live stream. Thank you for listening, perhaps on the Himalaya app. Yeah. Rate us, uh, review us or on, on your smart speaker. Or Tell it to play speaker. Locked On Clippers. Play that dang Locked On Clippers. We're going to have an episode for you guys Friday, barring some absurd happenings. Yeah. Between now and then, there might be an emergency episode. We're going to be doing Shamit season in review. Oh, yeah. It's going th- right, right through that starting five. We're doing some Love, Mary Kill. And, of course, reporting on whatever happens now and then. Thank you for hanging out. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I'm William the Opinion Uptake. Thanks so much, guys.